Hey everyone, today is our 40th episode. I'm pretty stoked on that, and it's so appropriate that today's episode is with Brian Ensminger. Brian has been such a huge encouragement and resource to doing ministry well, and I'm honestly not sure if we'd still be podcasting if it wasn't for him. I also intro his name and mispronounce it, but that's nothing new. So enjoy the show. Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Hey everyone, I believe you're here because you love learning from others. One of the last questions I ask people I interview is what resource has been inspiring you lately? Audible.com and Doing Ministry Well have teamed up to bring you a free 30-day trial so that even if you don't have time to sit down and read a book, you can listen to some of the great resources that are shared here. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are in Nashville today with Brian Entomizer. Brian, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, no problem. It's great to be here. Brian, um, we got connected because of Jeff from Paradigm Worship, and uh, I did an interview with his band uh, a little while ago, and I don't remember if he told me about you or he told you about me, but somehow we got connected. Do you remember how that happened? Yeah, uh, I think he told me about you. He's been doing the audio editing for my podcast. Okay. We were roommates years ago, and so oh, we've nice. known each other for a while. And he said, you know, you need to talk to this guy. You won't believe his name is Jim Baker, but it's not the guy you're thinking <laughs> of. And so I searched online and found you. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. And I found you had the podcast and all that stuff. And that's really, really nice to, to be able to reach out to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I so appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, I was just super inspired as soon as we met. You bought me lunch, which is uh, a definite definite gift and a way to my heart. But then just sitting and talking with you and hearing about your process through the podcasting um, was really great, too. And then you invited me to be on your show. And so I was real honored, and I'm, I'm glad we've met. You've been quick to answer any questions that I, that I have about podcasting, and you've been a real help uh, to doing ministry well. So thanks so much for that. Well, my pleasure, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you mentioned your podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and... and uh, how long that's been going and kind of what you're doing with that. Sure. So my podcast is somewhat similar to yours in that I connect with missionaries, ministry leaders, church planters, and invite them on to do kind of an interview. And it's it's changed and hopefully improved a lot. I've been doing it for about two years now. It'll be two years in April. So okay. at the time that we're recording this, it's what, a month or so from that. And, you know, I started out with really crummy mics and just reaching out to the people I knew. And every Mm -hmm. time I interviewed somebody, I'd say, you know, hey, do you know somebody else? And so I've gotten connected to a whole bunch of people I never would have met. Just reaching out, taking that opportunity to try and connect with them, encourage them a little bit, get their interview out there, and then give them something that they can share with the people that they're connected with and hopefully provide a resource for the broader church. Yeah, that's awesome. What got you started on this journey? What made you be like, I want to start a podcast? You know, I... For me, a lot of times it starts with a little bit of unrest. And so, you know, I've had, I ha- I continue to have little bits of unrest throughout my life. And I was going, okay, God, well, what can I do? And, you know, I didn't necessarily have a word from God going, hey, you should do this. But I was like, you know what? I really like podcasting or that kind of thing. I've got mm-hmm. some background in audio and music, my degrees in music. So okay. I've got some of that background. And I thought, well, I'm good with computers. I'm good with recording stuff. I'm pretty good with Skype. I bet between those three, I could connect with some people and put something up and just get it out there. And so I prayed about it. I didn't feel like God was giving me a no. So I started with it. And, you know, maybe two or three months into it, I was, I, I would go in and go, God, this just isn't growing the way I want it to. And I'd pray about it and, and I'd feel like he'd say, well, just keep doing it. Hmm. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, may, when I launched, I was like, you know, there's part of this is probably selfish on my part, and there's part of this that might be coming from God. And so as I prayed through it, I just got more confident that 
yeah, God was in this. Maybe mm. he was working through this to sanctify parts of me, but also God was continuing to direct me to do it. And so that's kind of what I did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, this isn't uh, your show, Engaging Missions, the name of your podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's not your full-time gig though, right? No. No, I work full-time for a pet food company as a logistics planning analyst. Okay. Which means I sit behind a computer all day and look at numbers and try to put together pretty charts and try to save a pretty big company millions of dollars a year. Nice. And then on the side, then I'm doing this other, the podcast. I also manage our church's website actually two websites and a couple of other things and um, I got my fingers just about everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Busy, busy. That's awesome. Um, How long would you say that you've been in ministry? You know, that's really... I I was thinking about that one. It's kind of hard to answer because I don't consider myself a vocational minister. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I realize that some people kind of divide those things differently. I look at it as you've got some people who are vocational ministers. Literally, their income comes from that. You've got bivocational ministers and then what I think of as avocational or lay ministers, and I consider myself one of those. And so I don't know that there's really a line that I can look to in my past. You know, I've been an elder in our church for, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. So I've been involved in some kind of ministry there for quite a while. But even before that, I mean, you know, I, I would teach a Sunday school class. I would pray for people. You know, I, I do that kind of stuff. So where does where does it start? Sure. I don't know. I'm 42 years old right now. Some Sometime in the last 40 years right. that, that happened. And certainly with some periods of hiatus in the middle where I did some stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Um, you kind of did a real good job of, of breaking those categories down. Can you just go through those again? Yeah. I, so I think of ministry, really I think of it as whole life ministry, but not everybody is called to serve the body of Christ in a way that draws them money from that. And those are the people that I would consider vocational ministers. Their calling is to serve the body of Christ, whether that's someone called to foreign missions, someone who's called to pastor a church, someone who's called to literally draw their income from what they do for the body of Christ. And I think Paul writes about that kind of stuff when he's writing to Timothy. I would think of Paul as more of a bivocational minister in that he did draw money from the church. I mean, not that he was like hitting people up for it, but the church supported him, but he also worked as a tent maker. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of ministry is also fully supported by, by scripture. But then there are people who are called, I call them avocational ministers because they do it out of love. Mm -hmm. Not that other people aren't doing it for love, but there's clearly not money, direct money for them in that. And I think of a lot of what I'm doing as being avocational ministry. Now I do get paid for doing the church website. So that's kind of a job for me, Mm -hmm. but I look at that as an extension of what I'm doing in that I believe that God is providing through ways that aren't directly connected to what I'm doing. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, something I really love to move towards, and I think we are moving towards in this in this podcast, is really targeting the lay ministers, you know, yeah. just just helping people to see that everyone's <clears throat> called to do ministry. You know? yeah. Can you speak a little bit about just that in general? How have you found your kind of calling, even though it hasn't been a, a vocation for you? Yeah, so I I remember talking to a friend, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years ago now. I'm going, you know, at the time I was working at Chick-fil-A, and I was thinking, you know, I think that part of my calling is to help pastor these these teenagers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't consider myself a pastor, like, you know, somebody with a degree and somebody whose literal calling is to help do that. But I do feel like I'm, I'm called to shepherd them in some small way, not to take the place of their church body or their parents or anything like that, but just to provide some of that. And so I've tried to do that over the years. I, I'm a horrible evangelist. I'm horrible about reaching out to people and going, you know what, you need to meet Jesus. But I am good about providing encouragement and trying to speak life into people and occasionally... Um, 
injecting little bits of truth, but I try and wait for those opportunities. I'm probably more of a, a sniper than a oh. shotgun, right? Okay. So I'm, uh, I, I believe that there's place for both of those callings, but I don't find God moving in my life in that way. Gotcha. In, in all of your time of, of kind of lay ministry, you said maybe 40 years, do you feel like there's <laughs> been a, a highlight that really sticks out to you? You know, I was thinking about that one um, a lot, and I took some notes because I don't know that I can nail it down to one particular highlight, but just recently, you know, when I get missionaries or church planters on my show, one of the things I like to do before we go on the air is pray, like just just like we did today. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have quiet time, and I, I spend time in the Word, but sometimes I find that my sweetest times of prayer, the times when I'm feeling God's presence and God's leading, is when I'm praying to encourage them and to cover mm-hmm. what we're doing in that. And so that's probably a recent highlight. Although, awesome. I mean, there are all kinds of all kinds of them. If you think about your whole life as ministry, just before we started recording, I was tickling my kids downstairs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a highlight. That yeah. is a huge thing, and it doesn't seem spiritual. But if everything, if every part of my life has been redeemed, then that's redeemed too. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. On the flip side of that, what do you feel like the biggest struggle um, in ministry has been, and how have you overcome that? You know, there there are a couple that come to mind. Um, first, when I think about failure, I've got some pretty major failures in my life, and those can certainly create a um, create a barrier. Do you mind if I share a little bit yeah, about please. that? So, when I was in college, um, I met a girl and we got married, and that lasted about four years, and it ended in divorce. And that's, you know, for somebody who feels like they're called into the church, maybe not as a pastor or whatever, but to look at that and go, you know what, I may never be able to minister in that capacity. I may always be viewed by other people around me as a complete failure. That can put a huge barrier there, and it can also make you go, I don't know, God, you may be directing me to do this, but I'm not sure I'm comfortable stepping up because of what other people can think. Mm. And, and literally, I mean, it's been years working through that kind of stuff and coming to the place where I'm going, okay, if God's called me to do this, then he's okay with it. Hmm. And if somebody else has a problem with it, maybe he hasn't called me to minister to those people. And this isn't a place of arrogance, but just going, if that's where God's got, got them walking and that's what their beliefs are, it may not be up to me to change that, but I still have to be obedient. I may not feel good about myself sometimes, but I have to be obedient to that. On the on the flip side, um, because of that, sometimes I, I probably try to work too hard. Hmm. And it can be really hard for me to sort of divide my time and make sure that I'm keeping balance. Uh, so I, I do some really specific things like we we kind of take a Sabbath in that we take Sunday and I don't do any work for the podcast You know, between Saturday night and Sunday night. So dinner to dinner. Mm-hmm. I don't do any work on the podcast. I don't do anything for the church website. I don't answer any emails or anything like that other than personal stuff to make sure that I do that because otherwise I would be going nonstop because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, you know this, right? You're, you've been in YWAM. You know that there's always more to do. Right. You, if Absolutely. you don't choose to stop, <laughs> you can keep going until you're dead. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's good. Just drawing those boundaries. I think that there's probably a lot of listeners listening who have, have struggled, gone through divorce, and then struggled with the things that you were talking about struggling with. What word of advice would you have for them um, having walked through that process? You know, I don't know. I'm going to think about that one for a second because I don't want to send people down the wrong path. I would say... Probably the biggest word of advice is to surround yourself with believers who love Jesus and who love you and let mm. them speak into your life. Take their words of rebuke and also their words of encouragement. Mm. Take them all to heart. Take them all to Christ. 
and allow him to work in and through you in those things. Don't separate yourself out and only spend time in the Bible. I'm not saying you shouldn't spend time in the Word or in prayer. You should, but continue to surround yourself with people because even for someone like me who's a pretty strong introvert, if I don't surround myself with people, I will, be, I will create a feedback loop in my life that continues to spiral me, spiral me down mm-hmm. until I reach a place that's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Let's, uh, let's ask these questions again, just kind of in uh, terms of the podcast. What's been the highlight of your podcast? You mentioned praying for those people, but is there maybe two or three interviews that you can point to that you're just like, these were great interviews? <laughs> well, obviously Jim Baker. Oh, I mean, that, right, that one right. was pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, um, truthfully, one of the things I've discovered is I really do enjoy doing in-person interviews. Mm. And yours was one of the first few that I had done mm. like that. Typically, I do them over Skype because mm-hmm. a lot of times people that I'm talking to are, you know, a few thousand miles away. It's right. kind of a kind of a big deal to show up in person then. Uh, so I really appreciated that one. Um, man, it's so hard to narrow down. I mean, I could talk about, um, uh, she used a pen name, uh, Miriam Paul, okay. who's a, a missionary to a closed Muslim-majority country. And she shared about how when God was sending her over there the first time, uh, he was sharing, you know, that uh, he's not sending her over there to save girls from public shame, mm-hmm. right? He's sending her over there to to save them from eternal fire. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a big deal. And there's some other stuff in the story behind that that makes it make a little bit more sense. But then also uh, Gary Stump, who's a pastor in, I want to say Indianapolis, yeah. in Indiana area. And they use a church planning or a training for trainers model in their church. Um, and he made a pretty significant transition. But the thing I so appreciated about that was as we were sharing it, just I could just totally hear his heart mm-hmm. and hear what God was doing in his life. And, I, I can keep going, right? I mean, there was um, George. I can't remember his last name. Uh, he was considered the father of some of the church planting movement stuff. Uh, he was writing about how he's de- helping churches develop second tracks and you know, for people who feel called into a different type of ministry. And he's talking about how they just don't want to create a division in the church, even though that there are different ways. And there's just so much grace. And mm. I, I mean, I could just keep going. <laughs> I, the, maybe none of the people I've interviewed would ever be considered pillars in the faith, right? They may not, their names may not go down in history, but what they're doing and their faithfulness is just astounding. Hmm, that's awesome. Ordinary <laughs> people doing extraordinary things. You said it better than I did. <laughs> um, on the flip side of that, with the podcast, what do you feel like the biggest struggle has been podcasting and uh, how do you feel like you've overcome that? Sometimes the biggest struggle is just to keep going. Hmm. It's kind of an isolated media. It's asynchronous in that we record the interview in the way I do it. It's several weeks later that it's finally published. It goes out there and it's just me and a guest talking. And I get very, very little feedback from listeners. And so, you know, you, you watch the stats and how, people, how many people download and you go, okay, God, this must be a gift of faithfulness to you. But at the same time, is there something that I should do to tweak this? Because what I want to do is provide the most exposure I can for my guests. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always going, okay, is there something I should tweak? And I could literally invest my entire life in that and still wonder if there's more that I could do. Um, I've, I've brought some other people in to have them help me and, and doing some of those things. And so I'm seeing small movements in terms of the quality. But I always wonder, is what I'm doing, is it really making enough of a difference? Right. I think you just perfectly articulated my biggest struggle <laughs> with podcasting as well. So exact, exact same thing. So hear that, listeners. We love feedback. Go ahead and shoot us an email and let us know that you're listening. We would love that. Yeah. Or maybe just shoot Jim a note and let him know that what he's doing encourages you. Hmm, that'd be awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and Brian's going to share with us three practical tips to doing ministry well. 
If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed Doing Ministry Well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. Yeah, Brian, why don't you share with us three practical tips to doing ministry well? So I actually had three that I thought I was going to share, but this morning while I was driving around, I felt like I got three more, so I'm going to go with that. Let's hear all six. Oh, my goodness. No, we, you, can, <laughs> you can do what you're going to share. Um, number one, I would say to remember that God ministers to and through our brokenness. Mm. Um, you know, I've shared a little bit about some of the brokenness in my life, but truthfully, every one of us is at very best a broken vessel that's in the process of being recreated. Yes, in the one sense, we are made whole and we are new creations, but in the other sense, God is still forming us into the image of Christ. So uh, that that actually leads that leads to number three. So we'll skip that part. For, but it, it, it's how God moves in our lives. This number two, I would say, remember that God wants to serve with you. Mm-hmm. I think about, in fact, a, f- a few weeks ago, um, one of my guests was sharing the story of uh, Mary and Martha serving Jesus and how Mary was running around all over the place. No, Martha was running around all over the place doing everything, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to her, and I'm leaving huge parts of the story out, Martha, Martha, you're worried about a lot of stuff, but Mary's chosen the better thing. And it's so easy whether you feel called to full-time vocational ministry or if you're ministering on the job or whatever it is that you're doing, to be doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and feel like you're doing stuff for God. And it's right to do stuff, but God wants to do stuff with us. It's like my kids. They can do stuff for me, but so much of the time I'd rather just do something with them Hmm. because I enjoy that time. I even enjoy doing things with them that I wouldn't enjoy doing without them. Hmm. Like some of the children's programming we watch, I enjoy doing that with them. (laughs) (laughs) But I might not want to do that without them. And it's really meaningful to have that uh, with them. Uh, Number three really kind of plays into God with our brokenness. And this is is a place of struggle in in my own life. And that's to remember to to take time to rest and to be with God, but don't hold on to that too tightly. So as an example, like many believers, I try to do, I have a fairly regimented morning where I try and spend a little time in the Word and a little time in prayer and that kind of stuff. Um, But I try not to hold on to that too tightly because sometimes God wants to interrupt those things with stuff that might not seem like that. But if I'm really wanting to do stuff with God, I need to go where He's going. And Mm. so I I carve that time out. I I dedicate that to Him, but sometimes it goes a different direction. That's good. Let's go back to the first one. Just um, remembering that God ministers in your brokenness. How is that done for for our listeners? How is that done? You know, it's going to sound really like a platitude. But if you feel like God's calling you to do something, do it. Hmm. And if there's a part of you that's screaming out, I'm not qualified. I can't do that because of this thing. Or, you know, in particular, I find that a lot of times... God will minister in our places of brokenness, right? So we're, we're broken, and he might call us to minister to somebody who's maybe just a little bit not quite as far down the path to recovery. And you can go, well, who, who, who am I? Why would they possibly listen to me? Look at me. I'm all jacked up too. Well, sometimes God uses that to reinforce what he's doing in your life. So, yeah, be clear that God's calling you to do that, but don't allow your brokenness to tell you that you can't minister, 
If God tells you to wait, okay, wait. Don't don't let me tell you to do something God's not telling you to do. Right. But don't let your brokenness be the thing that holds you back because our God is a healer. And he heals us in such a wide variety of areas of our lives and in such a wide variety of ways. As I think of Jesus walking on the earth, I can't think of two examples where he performed a miracle the same way. Hmm. Right? We've got the story of him, there's several stories of him restoring sight to the blind. And one time he spits on the ground and one time he talks to somebody. And I mean, he does it different every time. So don't presuppose how God's going to do it or how God's not going to do it. And I mean, this can get really tricky because you can tell people to get all weird. You don't always want to let conventions hold you back either. I mean, that can also be a place of brokenness. I think of Jesus telling a guy to pick up his mat and walk on the Sabbath. Well, that was, according to the, to the way they understood the law, that was a sin. Right. That was illegal, but Jesus told him to do it. And so, yeah, you want to be consistent with the scriptures. You don't want to do something that, that, that goes contrary to the scriptures. But if it's just about a social thing, if God tells you to do it, you might want to consider doing that. Mm, that's good. That's good. I love what you said about God wants to serve with you. And then the example you used of just, you know, I love hanging out with my kids, watching kids television shows, but I'm not going to do that odd by own. That's something that I like to do with my kids. What does that look like personally for you and God? You know, that's like I talked about the brokenness. That's something that I'm continuing to work on because it's so easy for me to go and just do this stuff. And that's part of what, what plays into number three, right? Where I've got that time that I take every morning and that, that time has shifted. Um, but part of it is just me stopping and go, and sometimes just stopping and praying and going, is this really what you want me to do? Because sometimes God doing it with us isn't God doing it side by side with us either, mm. right? I mean, sometimes me doing stuff with my kids doesn't necessarily mean we're doing literally the same thing, but I want to do it in concert with them. Mm. And in the same way, I want to make sure that I'm working in concert with God. I, you know, um, it, it is honestly a continuing struggle. And that's part of me talking about that brokenness mm. thing. Sometimes I don't know that I'm doing it right. Mm. That's good. That's good. And then last one, just um, resting with the Lord. And I love that you aren't legalistic about that. You know, it is it is really easy just to get caught up in like, I have to do this. You know, this is and, and there is an aspect of discipline to it yeah. as well. But on, on the like the 80 percent of the time, what does your daily quiet time look like? So you're probably going to laugh at me. Um, my, my daily quiet time is actually fairly short. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll get up. I get up at five in the morning, mm-hmm. not so much because I'm a morning person, but because I need some time to myself. Mm-hmm. And so about 5.07, I've got the coffee going and you know, I'm ready to sit down on the couch and I will sit down with the version Bible on my iPad mm-hmm. and I will have the Bible read itself to me and I'll follow along because nice. it's early mm-hmm. and I want to stay focused. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'm not at 100% right there. Sure. Um, if there's a quote or something that stands out, I might make a, a meme out of it and send that out during that time. Nice. Um, then I'll flip over and I... I have a format that I use in a, an app for my for journaling. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll journal my prayers. Uh, I'll go through and I'll ask, ask myself a few questions. What things are you grateful for? What mm-hmm. things would make, you know, what things do you want to accomplish today? Uh, what are some of the goals that you have? I've got some things that I read to remind myself about <laughs> who I am. That's good. <laughs> to, to remind myself because otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll stray away from the ways that I want to behave and I'll stray away from the person that God's created me mm. to be. And then I'll have some free form time where I'll just type out my prayers. And, you know, for, for a while that was starting to seem a little bit dry. And so recently I've also started flipping over on my phone. I'll flip open YouTube and I'll just listen to some worship music mm-hmm. while I'm doing it. And I've found that now that's added some life back into it. Awesome. Now, two weeks from now, who knows what I'll be doing, right. but that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'll do. And then you know, shortly after that, I'll, um, 
hop over and I'll start doing stuff for the podcast. You know, whether I'm preparing something for Jeff to do my audio editing or if I'm emailing missionaries and you know going hey do you want to be on the show or hey how can I help you more or is there anything you're struggling with right now that you know that kind of thing because I'm always wanting to continue to keep that connection up yeah that's great I love that you do your whole entire quiet time digitally eventually <laughs> on the iPad I think that's awesome and yeah I'm a nerd to do it no that's that's great um last question what's been inspiring you lately is there a book a resource or an app or a device or anything along those lines what's been inspiring you so i actually have two can i share two yeah so one has been youtube listening to worship um there's some songs that we do in, from church like the king is among us by elevation worship and there are a couple of others that you know when i pop those on for some reason they just usher me into a sense of god's presence faster hmm. than if i didn't have them and so i totally take advantage of that yeah um another one <laughs> Uh, just today, I was listening to the YWAM teaching podcast, hmm. and I'm not a YWAMer you know, by by history. Mm -hmm. I haven't spent any time with YWAM, but uh, hearing Lauren Cunningham sharing about hmm. the different spheres of influence in in the world and how our call as the body of Christ is to su to support and to influence those and to remain in the sphere that He's given us. You know, there can be this whole divide between sacred and secular, and I don't I don't really see that. Although in practice in my life, it probably looks that way. But I'm not called to government. God has not called me to that in, in the sense of national government. So I, have, I can have an opinion, and I can share the truth with people as best I can, but my call is never to try and bring that down or to try and manipulate that or any of that stuff. My call is to try and support that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that's just one of the things that spoke to me, especially as we approach elections and everybody thinks that they could be a better, better president right. or whatever, whatever it is. Right. God didn't call me to that. Yep. And so I try really hard to stay out of that arena while still supporting God in it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, sometimes it's just really good to know what you're called to and what you're not called to. That's, <laughs> that is good to know as well. I'm totally not called to politics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am either. Um, I said that was the last question, but it can't be the last question. Top three books. Oh, my goodness. Top three books about what? Oh, um, I don't know. Pick a category. Okay. Um, so I'm reading a book right now that I'm really enjoying. It's nothing to do with ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. Okay. He's a, an entrepreneur, and I've been listening to his podcast for a while. I don't necessarily agree with 100% of what he's talking, talking about all the time, mm -hmm. but he's amazing at accomplishing stuff, and he's put together a framework to find an idea, test it out, and see if it's worthwhile. Mm. And for me, you know, with my podcast, I'm not even clear yet if it's a ministry or a business. Mm. And so... I, I'm constantly going, okay, God, what would you have me do? I want to serve missionaries and church planters and ministers better, but I don't know what that means. I don't really know what they need. And so I'm using this book to help me find those things. Now, whether they end up being paid things or things that other people can do for them, if it's something a volunteer can do, it doesn't really matter that much to me. What I want is for them to have the relationships, the encouragement, the support, whatever it is that they need in order to accomplish what God has for them in, in that time and place. Um, one book that was really formational to me when I, I, I took a, a season off from Christ back in my stupid days. And when I, when I came back and I said, you know what, God, this kind of stinks. I think I'd rather have your plan. Um, what's so amazing by grace, about grace by Philip Yancey really spoke deeply into my life about giving and receiving grace. Mm. It's not something that I return to often, but it's something that came to mind. So you, you kind of got stuck with it. Um, and then 
since we talked about discipline, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It's sometimes a bit of a dry read. And, and then in, coupled with that, I, I got to put this in there, um, Spirit of the Disciplines. I can't remember the author of that. but, but that Dallas Willard? Yes, Willard. Between the two of them, they talk about not only you know, some of the spiritual practices that have endured for multiple generations in terms of helping people you know, with their relationships with Christ, but Dallas Willard talks about how these disciplines are only a framework. They're like a trellis that a rose bush would grow on, and they're only valuable as long as they're valuable. The point is never the trellis. The point is the rose bush, and so that's the framework that I try to use as I talk about disciplines or spiritual practices in my life. Is this still working? Hmm. And if not, then I start asking God, is there something I should change up about this? Maybe it's steering me in the wrong direction. So the, I guess those are four-ish books. That's I guess good. I can't stop. <laughs> no, those are good. I love I love hearing what's what's inspiring you. Um, top three podcasts. Ooh. Ah, man, that's tough. So some of them are going to be not necessarily ministry-related. I absolutely love Ray Edwards' podcast. It is um, Ray Edwards International. He's an entrepreneur and a uh, he, he's a, a copywriter, a marketer, but he's also a believer. And I enjoy listening to that. I really enjoy Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Work You Love, uh, similar in, in that kind of thing. And then if I were to think, you now obviously people are already listening to your podcast. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good ministry podcast that, because there are so many. I've really enjoyed listening to the Bethel Church mm. Sermon of the Week out of Redding, California. Uh, even though I have a church body and a pastor, and I I know that's where God has called me, I love hearing from other pastors and other ministers. I probably have 45 podcasts in my regular rotation. Not all of them get listening time every week, so it's mm. really hard to choose. Sure, sure. And my hope is that there would be more, that this time next year it'd be even harder to nail it down because there are I believe that God created these media, and I'm a podcast guy, so I really enjoy that. And so what I want to see is God take that kind of stuff over, and the way he takes it over is by sowing seed. Hmm. And so I want to see people sowing seed in that area. That's good. Um, How do you, what does your podcast listening time look like for you? For me, it's it's doing the dishes mostly. It's like if I have to cook something and I know I'm going to be out there for a while or if I'm like uh-huh. doing the dishes, that's my podcast time. I plug in my earbuds and I listen to a podcast. But what's it look like for you? Yeah, so first off, I listen at double speed Okay. all the time. I never wow. listen at single speed. I've, I've So the the logic behind that is that any, any speech class you ever take, they'll tell you that humans can think at least seven times faster than you can talk. Wow. So you need to keep things moving if you're doing a presentation. So my thinking is, well, I'll recapture a little bit of that by listening at double speed, and I found that that works. Wow. So I'm going to have to give that a try. Oh, man. I, I use an app that does that really well, and I, I, totally, I even listen to books at double speed. Wow. What's um, the name of the app? I use Downcast. Okay. Um, the iTunes podcast app will do double speed. Overcast will do double speed. Most of them will now. Okay. Uh, it's just the one that I bought, like, three years ago and okay. I still use it. It was like four bucks or something. <laughs> That's a great tip. I've, I've never oh, thought of that. Oh man, I, it, yeah. So my listening time is typically my commute to and from work. So okay. that's 30 to 45 minutes a day, each direction. Uh, if I'm doing stuff at work, sometimes I'm working a lot with numbers and not words. And so in those times then I can listen, unless I'm doing something that's really creative and I have to actually think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can listen during those times. And then I recently got a new Bluetooth headset that actually plays stuff. So now, like if I'm doing the dishes or if the kids are playing or something like that, sometimes I can listen and still be focused mm-hmm. on on that kind of stuff because I've only got it going on in one ear. Nice. That's awesome. 
Um, I don't know. I, I just got uh, turned on to this show. I think it's been going for a little while. Have you seen the show The Prophet with no. Marcus? I can't think of his name. I just thought that maybe that would be something you're into. He comes into kind of companies that are flailing. I think it's on... Oh, a TV show. Yeah, a TV show. I have heard of it. I've never okay. seen it. Yeah, that's something. I just saw a couple episodes, and I, I really enjoyed it from that kind of business entrepreneur uh, standpoint. So I think that's something that, that you should check out and our listeners should check out. Too. Yeah, so what what channel? We, we don't have cable, so I'm not okay. sure what... I think you can see it on Hulu. Okay. Um. So, yeah, The, the Profit. I'll 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 send you a link and I'll I'll put a yeah that'd be great put a link in the uh, show notes for that as well so yeah Brian this interview has been so good I just I really I get excited when I'm around you I I really do the stuff that you share the stuff that's going on in your life is just always so good and I it just speaks life into me so I really appreciate that well, I appreciate thanks. your time um, would you just close us out by sure. uh, praying for our listeners yeah so heavenly Father we are just so amazingly thankful for all that you do in our lives. You are amazing. You are a good God. You love us so deeply that you sent your son to die for us. You resurrected him again on the third day so that we could know you, so that he could do all of this stuff in our lives. And Lord, I pray right now for the people who are listening. Lord, I ask that you would that you would move them from place to place, from glory to glory in the path that you have for them, that you would give them the assurance that you're moving in their lives, that they would feel your presence, that they would see your power in their lives, that they would be ministers of life to the people around them. Lord, that you would open their eyes to what you're doing in the world. Lord, I ask that you would transform us in such a way that every part of our lives, everything that we see, everything that we do points us to you, that we see you in that, that we see either your heart in what you want to do or that we see what you've already done because you've done amazing things and you are calling us higher. Lord, I ask that you would raise up generations of people who know you, that you would transform generations, that you would lead us into a place of depth with you. Father, you are you're just amazing. Lord, I, I pray for Jim that you would give him clarity and direction and bring resources into his life to continue doing what you've called him to do. Lord, I ask that you would absolutely oversee everything that's going on with the Red School and all of the ministry stuff that Jim and his wife are doing, that you would pour yourself into that and that you would, that they would see fruit that lasts. Lord, that's the thing, not just fruit, but fruit that lasts. That's Lord, good. bring us to, to places of fruitfulness in our own lives. Bring us to places where we not just accept, but recognize the value of the pruning. And Lord, refine us, refine the things that we're doing so that every part of what we do glorifies you. Amen. Amen. Brian, how can people connect with you? Oh, probably the easiest way is engagingmissions.com. There's a contact page there if people want to email me uh, or, or just email me. It's brian at engagingmissions.com. You can spell Brian with either a Y or an I. I've got them set to both come to me. Awesome. <laughs> and Yeah. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Okay, great. All right, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jimjess, as in Jessica, baker.com.